I want to go to 1 Thessalonians 5.18 for our text. This is our Thanksgiving service. I hope you're thankful for where you are in God, for your walk with God, your faith in God, for all the things that have built you, all the things that have guided you, for your experience with the Holy Ghost, your experience with God's power, your experience with speaking in tongues that is the direct language for heaven where you, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray automatically in the will of God because it's the Spirit that intercedes through you. You never miss when you pray in tongues because that's the Holy Ghost praying its will through you, through your mouth. Do you understand that? How many are thankful for that today? How many are thankful for knowing that God is one and he is all-sufficient and all-powerful and all-able? Amen? How many are grateful that he came and died for us, that he shed his blood on our cross and carried it up that hill? Thank you, Jesus. We're thankful today on our Thanksgiving service. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ, Jesus concerning you. If you give God thanks, it is one area where you're immediately performing the will of God in your life. Everybody's like, Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I can't find the will of God for my life. Did you know that Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is the immediate will of God for you, that we do it through Christ Jesus, amen? So I want to just take a few minutes. It's just a simple sermon, the secret of Thanksgiving, the secret of Thanksgiving. Jesus, we need you. We love you. We're thankful for your word. Each of us is responsible for the soil of our soul. And we ask that we have cultivated it, that we've, fall- we've stirred up the fallow ground and we're ready to receive this word from the Lord. We believe in you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, all the saints said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. In everything, not the good things and the bad things, not the best things. Whenever you get to the place where you want to be in life, then give thanks. That's not what it says. It says, in everything, give thanks. How many have tried or genuinely want to give thanks to God for everything that's happening in your life? But we're human, amen? How many human beings in the house? I get a little crunchy when things don't go your way. And it's very difficult to say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And maybe... You try, and it even comes out a little bit sarcastic. Oh, thank God for that, you know. <clears throat> and you're trying your best, but really we're human, and so we fail at this. But it is the will of God because we know that even though we take a slice of difficult moments, we understand that's not all of what God's up to, amen? We understand that this is just a chapter, and God finishes the book. That's good preaching already, amen? I'll just applaud my own preaching. I don't know what you guys are here for today, but I'm just really happy that I'm not the one that's writing this book, that I'm surrendered the pen to Jesus Christ a long time ago, and I might not like the chapter of the book that I'm in, but when I get to the final chapter, I win in Christ Jesus. I win in him, amen? I like that message. That is my favorite thing to say because I came from a long ways. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you were walking in the 
light in Jesus just shine more light on you, and you became a shiny Christian. I wasn't. I was so messed up and so far down from where I thought I could be. There was such a chasm that Jesus had to take his cross and build a bridge with that wood to get me to Calvary, to get me to salvation. And I'm thankful that I still even have faith in my life after everything that we've all been through. I'm thankful that I still have the ability to believe in God through all I've been through. So my faith informs my thankfulness, and my thankfulness says it may not be good right now, but it's going to get good before it's all over. My faith informs my thankfulness, and I'm thankful every day to God that he's writing my story. Anybody else thankful? Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Everybody say thanks. To God and the Father by him. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. It speaks very much about making a joyful noise. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Amen. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us. Some of you have this memorized, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? It's not just a time of season. It's actually an actual act of God, of worship. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Amen. For the Lord is good. There it is. There it is. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Are you thankful that truth found its way to your family? Are you thankful that truth found its way to your life? See, the secret is that my faith and truth gives me an understanding that it's God's will for me to have thanksgiving. That is the secret. And also the secret is that my life is only lived to give him glory. That I got up today with an appointment with to give God glory. I got up today, whether I felt good or not, whether my ankles were swollen or not, whether my back hurt or my kidneys hurt or my lungs or shoulders hurt, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if I have cancer in my body, no matter if I have disease in my bloodstream, no matter if I have sickle cell anemia, no matter whether I got attacked by hepatitis C or I got something else going on in my body, it doesn't matter. I don't have all, all those things. Understand, I'm using this as an illustration but I want you to know, no matter how good or how bad it is, I have a destiny with to God be the glory. I have an appointment today in this place with a visitation from God where I can stand and say, it may not be where I think it should be. It may not be what I think it should be. I don't even know where it's headed, but right now I've got an appointment to give God some glory. And I'm going to take my appointment. I'm not going to miss or reschedule my appointment with God's glory in my life just because it's uncomfortable. And because of that, I know that I have a place in my heart of thanksgiving. Because no matter what happens, no matter what comes and goes, Paul said, I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. No matter what it is, I know that my life is to give him glory, not myself glory. And from that secret, I have thanksgiving that flows out of it. Knowing that if I got in a car wreck on the way here and went to see the Lord, that my life was to give him glory. 
that if I lose a loved one and I have to put them in a casket in the ground and while standing there speaking words of hope and, and words of understanding that this is not the end. This is a doorway cut and sod where we go meet God. I understand that what, what's going on in my life may not be the best things that I've won or the things that I would always want, but somewhere along the line I came upon, tripped upon, stumbled upon the secret that to God be the glory for everything in my life, and from that I can be thankful to God even in very unthankful times. Amen? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, Psalms 156 and 6 says, praise ye the Lord. So because I'm thankful, I praise him. Because I have breath, I praise him. Philippians 4 and 6 says, be careful for nothing. Or worry about nothing, another translation. Don't worry, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Your prayer and your supplication with God has to have thanksgiving attached to it. You understand? Every prayer you send needs an attachment. Every email you send for heaven's mail, I don't know. God reads an email, I guess. But every prayer you send to heaven needs an attachment of thanksgiving. That is the secret for powerful prayer, is you pray it thanking God anyways. Because whether you're strong or you're weak, every breath is to give God glory. Would you put your hands together and would you just affirm that? You believe that? Every breath is to give God glory. Thanksgiving, let every request be made known unto God. First Chronicles 29, 10 through 20. Wherefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. David said, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. And the next verse says, thine, O Lord, is the, is the greatness and the power and the glory. Look what he's doing. He's listing the amazing things of God and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is yours. It's his. It belongs to him. He's got the deed and the title. It's thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. We worship a God who is above all things and through all things and in all things, brother. I'm not talking, sister, I'm not talking about pantheism where God's in the rock. I'm not talking about things where we do naturalism and all this other stuff. I'm talking about the fact that God owns it. It's his stuff, and he can do whatever he wants with it. In other words, when we become his children, when we become the possession of God, we choose to say, my life is for your glory, God. I am your child. You own all things, including me, and whatever you choose to do with my life, I give it to you freely. I free will give my life. I put my faith in what you are doing in my life. And I give myself to your glory, Jesus. James 1.17, for every good gift and perfect gift is from above. You thought we were going to get good gifts from parents and friends and Santa, but that's not the case. <laughs> Besides, Santa is just Satan jar- garbled up. You know that, right? Yeah. No? You, you never told that? When you're, we, we spent so much time as a kid firing away at abandoned lines. Santa is Satan, spelled backwards. No, I'm like, no, no. 
It, that's not the history, and I'm not even going to go into it. For every good gift, just so you know, doesn't come down the chimney. And then you don't have to put out cookies and milk. So, you know, it comes from God. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. This is a powerful statement right here. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It means there's no place in God that changes. If he healed in the Old Testament, he heals now. If he touches people then, he can touch people now. If he changes lives then, he can change now. If he removes kings and sets up new ones, he can remove governments and set up new ones. The Bible says he changes the, never mind, I'm, I'm going to get off. He changes the universe as he changes a vesture. In other words, he's a God who is able to do anything he wants to do. Does anybody believe that? Psalms 136.1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 92.1, it's a psalm for the Sabbath day, amen. Is this the Sabbath day? It is the day of rest, amen. It is good, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Did you know that they did that in Jewish history? That this was what they came to church for, was to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Amen. They lifted him up for being the Most High God. Amen. And as the prophet said, Bruce Springsteen, and I quote, Oh yeah, Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. Maybe he's not a prophet, but he does have a point that men live for glory stories, amen? Men live for success in this earth. Men live for trophies and for accomplishments and gold medals and things that they can put on a shelf and say, I did that. It took discipline, yes, it took tenacity, yes. It took mental strength, mental ability to just stay focused on what their goal was, yes. But he's not a prophet, Bruce Springsteen, just so you know. But nonetheless, he's true. They say that young men tell their dreams and old men tell their stories, and that is true. That's why my wife likes working with the older generation of Brookfield, because they have so many stories. But out of the Reformation, we saw one of the most beautiful things come is sola dia gloria, and that is to God alone the glory. We understand that there was in church history, there were things that began to show us, even though there was so much error, there was so much good that came out of it because it became, began to give us justification by faith and, and we began to walk back toward the understanding that to God be the glory alone for everything in our life. And we're not living life for our own glory story, but we're living life to give God a glory in our life, in our story. And so even throughout history, we see men and women that were walking with God and striving to be what God would be. And they weren't living life just because life was good. They lived life long after the thrill of living was gone. But they still had a thrill to live for God because they weren't living for temporal things. They were living for eternal things, brothers and sisters. And there's a side of you that's beating inside of you, that spirit that is in you, that Holy Ghost that resides inside of you, that is 
constantly reaching for eternal things. It is not temporal things. It is not momentary things. It's not cheap thrills. No, brothers and sisters, those can never satisfy. They only appease the flesh for a little while. But there is a church that puts down the flesh and lifts up the spirit. There's still a church in the earth that is desirous to see the move of God in ways like we've never seen it before. And we are people who want the glory of God to be revealed through us. No, we don't want glory stories. We want glory in God's story in our life. And there is only one way to do that. It is to be thankful for all that God is bringing you through. His disciples were thankful that they could suffer with Christ. doesn't make any sense, suffer. No one wants to hear that word. But they were finding a way to give God glory through every breath they took. The history, we get, of course, our English word glory from the Latin word gloria. How many have heard that, the word gloria? Of course, we know that that came from the Greek word doxa, which takes us all the way back into the early Hebrew words of kabod or kavod, which gives us the concept of weightness, weightiness or heaviness that the word glory from our Bible should really translate to the heaviness of God, the weightiness of God. And it needs to be understood in a way for our English translation that we would say it like they didn't take me. They, or when you talk to somebody and they're too superficial and they don't, they don't take you seriously, we say, well, they, they took me too lightly. That's the kind of picture that the Scripture wants to give us when we talk about the glory of God that we need to take this so seriously that we understand the weight and the heaviness of God. I, I came up in the holiness. I came up in the Pentecostal movement. I came up in all that, and I saw the good side of things. I know there's a lot of things that were legalistic in other ways, but guess what? I'm, I'm telling you about the good things. I'm going to draw the good things from my history. Anybody else want to go with me? Just draw the good things and let the other things be buried where they needed to die. Amen. So we, we see that all this, this, this walk with God that throughout time and, and watching my grandmother, you know, sing songs over the pulpit and all this other stuff, there were moments where God would move so strong that instrument players would get off their instrument and just lay on the floor under the heaviness, the weight of the power of God. We've had services here where brother and sister gums came and people started getting the Holy Ghost and 14 got the Holy Ghost in one service. And when we were leaving here, there was like a little cloud that set in the room. We never turned on a smoke machine. There wasn't an air conditioner that was going bad, blowing smoke in the room, but there was a resident set down of God's glory. There was a visible representation of the glory of God that was sitting over the room, and we knew it. We felt it. We knew that we had not just been in time for that Sunday morning, but we had stepped into something eternal, and we felt it in our spirit, and it changed us. There was something weighty about the move of God that was so weighty that we wanted to take our human bodies and lay down on the floor and just worship God for a minute. I know that seems a little strange for some people, but that was the only posture that worked under the weight of the power of God. And God still does it to this day. He still moves in our midst to this day because we understand there are people that have the mental ascension to say this moment when we're lifting our hands and we're worshiping, it's not just about band or it's not just about backup. It's not just about computer and 
enhancement, but it's all about the weight of the glory of God in our lives. Someone said amen. That the barometer that we should use for our worship and for our thanksgiving is in light of this weighty glory that has been invested in us through the power of the Holy Ghost. That we have God living inside of us and that God needs to be worshipped with weighty thanksgiving. Amen. So that is the secret of thanksgiving. Living to the glory of God. Understanding the weight of God and the power that we have access to. Babe Ruth went to visit the king, and they, of course, brought out one of the representatives when he got to the castle and said, you're going to need to take about three to four hours of training to understand that you don't do certain things and you don't dress certain ways when you go before the king. There's protocol when you come before the king. And so they took Babe Ruth, the sultan of, of slugs, <laughs> the sultan of swat, and they took him and they trained him for three hours, three and a half hours on how he should sit, how he should speak, and how he should approach the king. This is an earthly king. And when they opened the doors and he walked into the king, he forgot all of his training and went, hey, king. <laughs> so American, <laughs> Brother Reese. So disrespectful. <laughs> and the king was like, you know, I, we had special training for you. You forgot everything that you knew about approaching a king. And sometimes we come in here so nonchalantly, and sometimes we come in here with just sweatpants on and chin of shoes. And, and I'm not preaching against clothing, but if you look in the Bible, when they got ready to approach the Lord at the mountain of God for Moses, they took three days, and they not only cleansed themselves, but they cleaned their clothes. It was about how you approach the king, amen? And the original, the original understanding of approaching the mountain of God or coming before God, you have to understand that what you wear is important to the king of kings and the lord of lords and how you approach him is important and he's not your buddy from heaven but he is almighty god alone and he is eternal and he is unchanging and he is creator and he is love and he knows everything and he is good and patient and powerful he is jehovah of all the self-complete one the one who is the i am to moses and he said don't even come near this mountain or you die. And if a cattle strays and walks over the line of this mountain, you are to kill it because it walked into the presence of God unannounced. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And how do we get up on Sunday morning to come to his presence? How do we approach him every morning when we go into prayer? I wonder if we could approach him with the understanding that there's weight to this. There's heaviness to this. There's power to this. I'm approaching Jehovah God. I'm approaching Jehovah Nissi, the God is our banner, the one who makes us triumph. I'm approaching Jehovah Shalom, the God of my peace. I'm approaching Jehovah Jireh, the God who is my provider today. I'm approaching Jehovah Imkadesh, who is the God who sanctifies me. I'm approaching El Shaddai, who means God Almighty, the source of all blessings. I'm approaching Emmanuel, who is God with us. 
Amen. There's weight to the glory of God. And because I understand the secret of the weight of God, I am so thankful that I know him. I'm so thankful that he called me to faith in him. I'm so thankful that he filled me with the Holy Ghost and began to spill out my lips as he filled my vessel. And I spoke in tongues. I'm so grateful that I know he is Jesus the only saving and highest name in heaven and earth. I am thankful for a comforter who is, as Paul wrote, the God of all comfort. I'm so thankful. And so the secret is that I have surrendered my life to the weightiness of his glory in my life. And from that understanding, from the word of God and from the fact that all truth does, that is ser served and saved for every generation has come to my life, it makes me want to approach the king properly. And the way you approach the king is to enter into his gates. You finish it with thanksgiving. Words cannot adequately describe the vastness of his glory. In the beginning, it was a mountain, and then it was material, a veil in the sanctuary. And then that veil separated us. But because of his spirit being poured out in the book of Acts, chapter 2, and because of that spirit promise being for those people's children and their children, and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call, I believe that God's still calling you. And I believe that today, right here, today, we get to touch his glory. We get to set ourselves aside and step into the presence of God. Things that were only reserved for those that went up the mountain. Things that were only reserved for those that came down with glowing face and they had to veil their face because they had been in the presence of God. I'm talking about Moses. I'm, talk I'm, talk I'm talking about others that, that literally had spent time in God's presence and they knew what it was like to be in God's presence, but they had to purge themselves. They had to cleanse themselves. They had to do all these ceremonial things before they went inside the veil. But when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was rent from top to bottom, a veil so thick that it wouldn't take two cattle more strength than two cattle to separate it if they put them on each end. But when God died, the earth quaked and the sky went dark and the veil was torn and you and I are given access to the presence of Almighty God at the mention of his name. Literally, when we call on the name, when we say his name, he gives us the access to his presence. That privilege is such a blessing that I'm thankful for it every single day. And the worship team is going to help me because I know that God is doing glorious things. He's doing weighty things in our life every single day. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God is at work. Even when you don't see it, amen, the weighty things. You see, we were never supposed to live without weight on us. Did you know that astronauts that go into space, they have to come back and they have to do some reconditioning of their muscles because our bodies were designed for the roughly eight pounds of gravity, six and a half to eight pounds. I can't remember exactly how much. 
But for that amount of gravity, what happens is our body adjusts to it. And our body needs that for our muscle tone, for us to stand up every morning and be strong enough. Of course, we know that there are other weights in our life. There are burdens, Sister Kim. We're praying for you and your burdens right now. But there are other weights in our life. There are weights that are placed upon us. There are weights that are imposed upon us. And right now, weights that are oppressed upon us. Hello, somebody. There's a few of you that believe that. But there is something beautiful about the presence of God. When you walk in with thanksgiving, you're literally trading the weights of life for the weight of glory. <laughs> Do you understand? The reason why you're thankful here today is not because your body always feels good, not because you have everything going right, not because your financial, I mean, this, uh, my wife probably doesn't want me to say this, but one of our accounts this week went to negative $506. How does that happen? I felt like I was 21 and spent too much on the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, back then, you could write a check and beat the bank. You know, remember those days when you wrote a check and you were in the line at Monday morning at 9 putting money in the bank account so it didn't bounce? You remember the, I had a bank account this week go to negative $506. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world happened? I'm a good steward, I think. And I finally got to the bank and realized they had upgraded their system and all of my online banking stopped working for that account. So there was nothing going in, everything coming out. And they, of course, refunded me all my money and they said, oh, we're very sorry, we messed up. Because it was their error at the upgrade that caused it. So <laughs> for a minute there, for a minute there, I was like, this is, this is not working. I, something has gone desperately wrong. And I was very weighted. I was like, I probably should schedule somebody else to preach Sunday. Because <laughs> I am not doing good here. I'm falling apart over here. And I felt this weight suddenly like, what is going on? I, I, and you know, the devil always whispers stupid stuff in your ears like, yeah, see, you can't get it right. You don't, you don't have good biblical stewardship in your life. And then I found out what was wrong, and I said, see, devil, it was the technology. Way to go. It's all in the technology, devil. But my point is that we're trading our weights for his blessing. He brings rest. Let's finish with this scripture. I wasn't sure I was going to go with this, but would you get me Matthew chapter 11? Verse 28 through 30, texting Matthew 28, verse 30. I mean, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. <clears throat> Let's finish with this. You can take this with you. And we're going to sing unto the Lord and feel, I feel like we ought to praise God just a little bit and be thankful in his presence, amen, for thanksgiving. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everyone say rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Everybody say wait. There's a wait. He's got a yoke. He's your partner, though. You're yoking together with God. How many are thankful for that? So there's a weight to this, but it's not the same weight. He said, come unto me who labor and are heavy laden. He said, God's, even, this is Jesus speaking, red letter. He said, I know you will have weights in life, but my weight is lighter than those weights. 
<laughs> I hope you get this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Not rest for your body. That goes with rest for your soul. Not rest just for your mind, but everything included, the entire human being. Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, what he's saying is when his presence sets down in this place, when we let ourselves step into the glory of God as he has permitted by the tearing of that veil, and now his presence is accessible by every human being, he brings his rest and we release the weights that give us our unrest. And we trade weight for weight. Amen? I suppose we could have seen trading our sorrows at the end, but my wife said, no, no, no. I want you to do one thing for me this week. Spend time in God's presence and say, Lord, I submit my life to you for your glory. And watch as the weights of this world fall off and something lighter rests on you. A different anointing comes on your life. And that anointing, yes, it has a weight. It has a burden. It has requirements. It has word that goes with it and truth to be lived to keep it. But there is a beauty in that rest because it rests your mind. It rests your soul. Amen? And for that, I am thankful. Would you stand with me? Because there is a beauty, and they're going to begin to sing. And I, I want you to know that there's a beauty in the statement that Paul says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's writing to the Philippian church, and he said, look, I, I'm living this mission because I believe God wants to do famous things in the earth. He has weight in his glory. He wants to do powerful things. But in the midst of all that, my life is for his glory as well. Not just to do glorious things. Not just to see God do things in my life. But literally to release myself to let God do glorious things around me. And that's what we want to do. Would you lift your hands right now? And would you just begin to give him some thanksgiving through the secret of I release myself to your glory. I release my life. I have an appointment today. I have an appointment today with the glory of God. I have an appointment today with to God be the glory. I have an appointment today with giving my life for his glory. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I believe. Would you sing this with us if you know it? There is no doubt. I have seen your faithfulness. My If you've been feeling weight that you don't know what to do with, would you just release it off to the glory of God? Release it right now. His faithfulness. Come on, give him some thanks right now. In this room, lift your hands and worship him in thanksgiving.
Come on, reaffirm yourself today. faithfulness is our fortress today over and over come on let's lift up the secret of thanksgiving i have a hope i have a hope found in your name found in your name i have a strength i have a strength found in your grace found in your grace faithfulness my fortress i give my life for your glory today jesus i give my life for your glory today jesus you step out of your pew right now and just walk around and be thankful why don't you give god a moment of walking and praising him as we sing this a little bit longer before we go into this week of thanksgiving we just give you our praise jesus we just give you our worship god we give you glory jesus that is the secret of thanksgiving is to give you glory today. Lord, do what you're famous for in my life. It's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. It's about your glory being shown in my life. I lay myself down. It's not about me today. I worship you and walking and praising you because it's all about you, Jesus. I'm taking moments to lift you up because it's all about you. to show you this real quick. I meant to share this in the sermon. You know how silly it would be for me to walk into the hills of Hollywood, knock on the front door of the biggest mansion, and say, hey, I'm moving in. They say, no, you're not. We don't know you. But I know you, 
you're this movie star, you've done all these movies, this is where you live because I found it online, I'm moving in. I know of you, but they don't know me. A lot of people know of God, but the question is, does he know you? If you get to heaven, if you leave this earth and you say, I'm moving in to my new mansion, better make sure that you have a walk with God that backs up your knowledge with God and that you've made your calling and election sure. And the way you do that is to give God all of your life. This is, this black part of this rope represents time. It re represents your life. And I wanted to do this illustration in the sermon because I wanted you to understand that all of this white rope represents eternity. And if you get this right, God will give you all of this. If you give him glory in this little bit, life is but a vapor, the scripture says, Brother Roy. If you give God all glory in this life, he'll let you step into his glory forever. The glory of God for all eternity. We're a gazillion years. It's just a day one. This is our responsibility to give God glory in our life and be thankful. This is his responsibility. He took care of the purchase of us having this, amen, on the cross. He gave us salvation so we could have his glory and be in his presence forever. But you have to do your work here. You have to do what God has called you to do, and that is salvation. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's you giving God glory so that he can give you the rest of glory. That's the earnest of your inheritance. Amen. We are inheriting eternal life with Jesus Christ. But if you don't do life right, if you don't get it right here, if you don't make your salvation, sure. Today you can do that. I'll baptize you today. I will baptize you today. We'll put water in that tank, Brother Rob, and we'll put someone down in the highest name above every name. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can have it today. You can have God's Spirit in your life today. And then you will know that I gave him all glory. And my gift is the rest of his glory. Amen? He still does famous things, doesn't he? He does famous things. Let's ask the Lord one more time. Lord, if there's anybody here today that needs to be washed in your blood, sanctified by your spirit, I pray it happens in this house today that we lean in to our lives in the sense that we are ready for heaven. If we make ourselves known unto you, God, by doing what you called us to do, by obeying the word, I pray today somebody leaves here with their life forever changed and with eternity set that they have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen to that. You may go as they're singing. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Let's thank the Lord one more time. Let's give him thanksgiving one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you for buying our eternity. We thank you for glory now and glory then. We thank you for victory to victory, triumph to triumph. Make a way, Lord. Make a way in this day. Make a way in this hour.
you need to go, but let's worship God together. Let's worship God together. Give him a few minutes of thanksgiving. Lord, you will never. 